Are you looking for a way to save a little money? What about getting your subscriptions under control? If so, then I've got just the solution for you. Rocket Money. With the help of Rocket Money, I was able to find a subscription that I completely forgot to cancel before the free trial was up. I'm sure you've all been there. And Rocket Money can help me cancel it. Between streaming platforms, apps, delivery services, and even parenting and kids subscriptions, it's hard to keep track of exactly what you're spending and how much it all adds up to each and every month. Not to mention the fact that it seems every single day one of those subscriptions suddenly jumps up in price. Rocket Money alerts you when this happens so you're never caught unawares. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With them, I can see clearly what my monthly spending is and how it compares to the month before, making saving money and taking control over my finances so much easier. They'll also try to negotiate lowering your bills up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll even deal with customer service for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash morning cup. That's rocketmoney.com slash morning cup. Rocketmoney.com slash morning cup. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. What interferes with your happiness? What are some things standing in the way of being the best version of you? Mental health is incredibly important, and so many, including myself, can benefit from talking to a professional and working to dismantle those roadblocks. That's why I'm excited to talk to you guys about BetterHelp. BetterHelp knows no two people are the same and will help to assess your personal needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. These incredibly convenient appointments are in a safe and completely private online environment, and you can start chatting with your new therapist in under 24 hours. You can message with your counselor at any time and get a timely response, plus schedule weekly video or phone sessions, which means no driving to an office, no waiting rooms, and no awkward small talk. Just meaningful sessions with experts who specialize in things like depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, trauma, family conflict, LGBTQ matters, grief, and so much more. There is truly someone there for everyone. And BetterHelp is committed to finding your perfect match, which means if you and your counselor don't mesh for whatever reason, they make it easy and free to seek someone new if needed. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and with financial aid available and access worldwide, they truly make it easy for anyone to seek the help they need. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash morning cup. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police the arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a... Weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cup of murder. PTSD is a horrible condition that affects about 8 million adults in a given year with our veterans and soldiers bearing the brunt of the issues. On May 4th, 1999, a highly decorated Vietnam veteran was executed for murdering an elderly woman. An attack that, if you believe his story was brought on by a Vietnam flashback that brought him back to one of the worst moments of his life. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. 
Manuel Pina Babbitt, or Manny to everyone who knew him, was born on May 3, 1949, in a small community of immigrants from the Cape Verde Islands in Wareham, Massachusetts. He and his 10-person family lived in poverty without a toilet or hot water, an abusive father, and a mentally ill mother. Manny tried his best to get by, but dropped out of school in the seventh grade due to a number of learning disabilities. And at just barely 18, went to a recruitment office to try and join the Marines and make a better life for himself. When the recruiter realized he couldn't fill out the forms, he filled them out for him. Six months later, he was in the middle of a 77-day siege with the North Vietnamese Army that was later referred to as one of the longest and bloodiest battles during the war. And he became one of the 2,000 injured at the Kai Sun when he was hit in the head and hand by rocket fragments. He was placed in a helicopter filled with body bags and flown to receive medical treatment. One week later, he was flown right back into the battle. When all was said and done, nearly 1,000 Marines, 15,000 Vietnamese soldiers, and thousands of civilians were dead. To say that Manny saw some of the worst of the worst is probably a vast understatement. After making it out alive in another battle, Manny was sent home where he married and immediately signed up for another tour. This time, he was assigned to guard duty at a military base in Rhode Island, which is where he and his family set down roots for the time being. Regardless of this much safer post, Manny was still suffering from the impact the war left both physically and mentally. At home, he would scream at his wife to grab their children and run for cover from unseen bombs. And eventually, Manny started to indulge in LSD, a habit he picked up in Vietnam, to try and silence his terrifying thoughts. After going AWOL and a few other incidents, the Marines simply discharged him and evicted his family from their military housing, leaving them with no home and Manny without a paycheck. So feeling completely abandoned, he turned to petty crime to try and make ends meet, robbing gas stations and vacant homes for anything of value. And on October 24, 1973, he was sentenced to eight years in prison for committing an armed robbery. He was admitted to the Bridgewater State Hospital for the Criminally Insane, a hospital notoriously documented for its abuse, where he found out that his wife was leaving him and he attempted to take his own life. He was completely spiraling out of control right around the time the hospital diagnosed him with paranoid schizophrenia, granted him parole, and released him onto the streets like the thousands of other Vietnam veterans suffering from PTSD. Completely untreated and with very little left for him, Manny moved to Sacramento, California to live with his brother, where he overindulged in alcohol and drugs and continued his string of robberies. On the night between December 18th and 19th in 1980, Manny Babbitt broke into the Sacramento apartment of 78-year-old Leah Schindel, who was fast asleep at the time. It's thought that before robbing her apartment, Manny attempted to rape the elderly woman, who awoke and began to struggle. When he was done with Leah, Manny simply left and on the night of the 19th, attempted to rape another local woman. He beat her unconscious and took her money and jewelry. This woman was able to escape with her life. Leah Shandell, however, wasn't so lucky. When her body was eventually found, she was lying on the floor of her bedroom, partially covered with her blood-stained mattress. Her official cause of death was heart failure caused by the stress of her beating. 
The police caught up with Manny with the help of his brother, who was desperately seeking help for Manny, and the police urged him to get a confession to, quote, expedite his care. They told me, you don't have to worry about your brother going to the gas chamber. We're going to find a hospital for him, perhaps a place in Vacaville. He added, referring to the state prison that has a medical and psychiatric facility. Bill has since said he feels like Judas for delivering his brother into the hands of his executioners. When he finally got his brother to speak, this was what Manny had to say. After spending the evening drinking and smoking marijuana, Manny was walking on the streets and saw headlights coming down a hill in his direction. Something about this brought him right back to Kaisan, and he began walking to the nearest home to try and get to safety, Leah's apartment. He claimed that that was all he could remember from that night. But police surmised that, after entering the apartment through a sliced screen, he beat Leah so badly that he shattered her dentures. Her heart attack followed soon thereafter. Manny was brought to trial where his lawyers attempted to prove that the headlights forced him to disassociate, triggering his untreated PTSD, and forcing him to take cover in Leah's apartment, even stating that the way her body was covered and the leather cord he tied around her ankle showed the mindset he was in that the Marines were taught to protect the bodies of their fallen men by covering them with whatever was handy and to tie a tag to their feet for identification. Unfortunately, the judge and jury didn't agree. And on July 6, 1982, he was sentenced to death for the murder and attempted rape. Bill Babbitt, upon hearing the sentence, felt as though he was tricked into delivering his brother to his impending death. While residing behind bars and awaiting an execution date, Manny was awarded the Purple Heart for the wounds he received in Vietnam. When he was read the citation for the award, he attempted to salute, but was stopped by the chains connecting his arms to his waist. Shortly after, legislation was introduced that banned presenting medals to those serving time. While Manny sat in prison awaiting his execution, it was momentarily delayed when evidence was brought forth that Manny's attorney at the time routinely drank three or four double vodkas at lunch in the middle of the trial. He also described black people using incredibly derogatory terms and did not argue when the prosecution recused the only black juror from the juror pool. The same lawyer who resigned after pleading no contest to embezzlement and never once called any of Manny's fellow soldiers to serve as witnesses, meaning Manny likely deserved a new trial on the grounds of poor counsel and racial bias. Unfortunately, all the appeals were denied, and Leah's family claimed that, quote, raising the race card this late in the game was simply a stall tactic. On May 4th, 1999, the day after his 50th birthday, Manny Babbitt was placed in the execution chamber and given a lethal injection, with more than 700 protesters standing outside opposing his death. Just before doing so, he denied his last meal and asked that the $50 allotted be given to homeless Vietnam veterans. His last words, I forgive all of you. He was buried in Massachusetts on May 10th, 1999 with full military honors. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on May 5th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.